Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to the God, Guns, and Family podcast yet again. Uh, we really appreciate it. Please um, enjoy this episode. We're kind of talking about a few different things, but we definitely want to hear some feedback. So if you could, like we mentioned at the end of this episode, um, give us some comments, review, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, we hope you enjoy. Thank you. Have a good one. And have a happy new year. few little things that we're going to talk about but we appreciate everyone listening again uh, to the god guys of family podcast yep. with nate and myself my name is mike and my dog yep. is banging on the door such a weird yeah yeah my dog was hollering outside just a couple minutes ago so so let's try this here we're gonna do this this is gonna show our first question whoops hey first topic i guess yeah, topic of discussion. Oh, see, you're going to get used to the, putting these banners in all lickety split, dude. This is going to be Is sweet. it showing? Uh, no, not yet. There it is. There it is. Oh, legit banner. <laughs> yeah, Faith Without Works is dead. What does that mean? Dude, so this is a podcast. Uh, this podcast, I sent it to you without doubt um yep. it's a new beginnings church um i've been listening to it a lot lately it's fairly new i guess but it's um it's pretty um it's pretty legit i like it some some reviews were been kind of talking to trash because one of the dudes is like saying stuff and the other guy's acknowledging he's like yeah okay it's like when you talk about stuff that i don't really know about i'm not going to be yeah. like Oh yeah, but what about this and what about that? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, it's called a conversation. People be tripping. Yeah. Any any reason to be upset about some dumb stuff? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't get it. But um, so so they what, what was the thing I texted you? It was it was um, so oh, salvation I mean, or no works is the fruit, not fruit, the root. not the root. Yep, the fruit, not the root of salvation. That's probably the most well packaged explanation of that that i've heard yeah yeah so it, the, it's the fruit not the root like there so what that means essentially right is there is nothing that you can do to earn salvation in any way shape or form it is 100 a free gift um period like there's no amount of works that you can do to attain salvation from from god right it's only through yeah. what jesus did on the cross and it's through him coming to earth sinless remaining sinless dying sinless and taking on our sin as if though he was the one who sinned and then rose and defeated the grave right like there's nothing that we have done to earn this in any way shape or form 
And salvation is the fruit of that, not the root. Okay. So there's the root of that isn't, you know, every other philosophic system, which is, you know, at some point my good deeds will outweigh the bad. And then I've just stepped into every other world philosophic or religious system is you're trying to um, undo, um, you know, or do good deeds to outweigh the bad ones. None of that matters. Right. But if you say, Hey, I am, I'm saved by grace, but your life still reflects the fruit. Like you're like, there's fruit that come from salvation, like life change in yourself. When Jesus comes and transforms the inner part of who you are, immediately you think differently, you act differently, how you see the world changes. All these things happen um, and that produce fruit, right? So if you can, if you say, hey, I'm, I'm a Christian, I believe in Jesus, but you look and think and do exactly as if you have never met him, like, Where's the depth of that renewing? So it says, you know, in, in Corinthians, it says, all things have passed away. Behold, I've become new. Everything has passed away. I am a new creation. Um, and that's like what happens when you encounter who Jesus is, 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 it, is a transformation. And like for me, when I was getting sober and coming off drugs and alcohol, how I thought and interacted with things was different, um, but it progressively began to work its way through my life, right? Like um, the encounter with Jesus then began to change how I thought, how I saw the world. And then that becomes the root of, you know, the thinking different was the root of the changing in action. I mean, it's not because, you know, it was required. It was because I encountered Jesus and I realized how sinful and dark and broken as a man I was. And the nearness to Jesus then spurred me to become like Jesus, right? We, you know, the yeah. first century church was labeled Christian. They didn't go around calling, oh, I'm a Christian. It's the people saw Hey, you know, these guys were blind, but now they see these guys were, you know, sinners, drunkards, tax collectors, fishermen. Um, all these things that were considered the lowest of low. And they're like, I was blind, but now I see I encountered Jesus and now I'm different. Like that was what happened. Like, you know, I didn't know any sort of theology. I just knew Jesus and I was overdosing met Jesus, realized how dark I was, and he saved my life. Like, I didn't know anything out. I didn't know anything of church. I just knew who Jesus was. And then, you know, then that works out, you know, the encounter with Jesus, because he came, you know, and died the death that he died on the cross for our sin. That is the only reason that I can say, you know, through that action, I am saved by grace. It's grace alone. Yeah free gift it's nothing 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 that you can do to, to earn in any way shape or form yeah and i like the part um <clears throat> i don't know why but the whole fruit not the root thing like when i heard that i was like dude like it really kind of made a big yeah impact in my head because yep you talk about it a lot where you people will try to like the catholic church for example oh right? yeah um they're, they're i mean i don't remember much of it but from what i know from what i've heard <clears throat> it specifically works based you know it's like there's yeah. certain things that you have to do you have to you know do that i don't mean i don't know what those are what those things are but that's mm -hmm. one of the things that comes up a lot and um 
I think the fruit part of it being like, okay, like I saw this clip on this thing, this guy today on Instagram, the guy was talking about like how Christians, there's no such thing as a conservative Christian because Christians um, don't punish people for being poor and like some crazy stuff like that. But if you actually look or like donations and whatnot, and <clears throat> he's referring to it as conservatives being against welfare kind of a thing, like a welfare state type yeah. of a thing, which mm -hmm. is not the same thing as volunteerism. Volunteerism specifically is someone giving because they want to and they can, mm -hmm. <clears throat> which is the main purpose of Christian based programs, right? So they, you know, like you don't like if you go to church, you don't have to tithe. Like if you can't afford yeah. it, like you, you don't have to, it's not a requirement. Like they don't say, okay, name tithe. Yep. Okay. You're good this month. You come on in. That's not, yep. that's not what they do, but it's also something that the fruit of the salvation and being trying to be as Christ-like as possible is I'm going to tithe because I know the church does this, this, mm -hmm. this, and they don't, they don't like, it's not a business. They don't make yeah. money based on something like they don't sell yeah. goods. They don't, I mean, they, that's one of the things that they do, like, you know, with the coffee bars and stuff like that, which I think yeah. is a pretty smart idea for profit um, yeah. because they're all, you know, everyone who works in the cafe is a volunteer, mm -hmm. you know, so everything that they do is pure profit for the church to fund missions, to fund yep. youth groups, to pay the pastors, to pay, to pay for uh, staff and like, you know, and all this stuff. Yep. That's just something that is constantly, it's there, you know, yep. because if there was no volunteers in the church, there yep. wouldn't be a church. There's a statement from one of the guys that, from the church that we just recently left. Um, amazing brother and an incredible servant. But he says, when you are serving, you are the closest to what Christ came to do. It is the closest, the closest example of who Christ is, is when you're serving. And he was, I mean, he, I don't even know how many years he served at this church. I mean, 25, I mean, from the, from the, like, as long as he can remember, he was, he's been an usher. He's, he served the church. He's, you know, he gets there early and he grabs out the, the leaf blower and he blows off all the mats. He sweeps if it needs to be like his heart is to come and serve the people who mm -hmm. come to God's house. And his, I mean, it just blew my mind when he says, you know, when you're serving, you are the closest <clears throat> representation of what Jesus came to earth for was to right. serve. And I was like, man, that just blew my mind. And really that changes the whole game, right? Even down to like what you're talking about is those are fruits that's an outpouring of, of the transformation that's happened internally. You know, mm -hmm. it, it, the paradigm shifts because you can start that way where you're like, man, I get to serve the church. I can do this. And before you know it, the legalism comes in, the requirement, oh, I have to serve. And yeah. when it switches and transitions and their paradigm shifts from, oh, I, I'm serving because I want to serve. And this is an, an uh, you know, expression of who Jesus is working in my life. 
Yeah. And it changes to, I have to do it. Your attitude's different. You're, you piss, whine, moan, complain. It becomes this like obligation and there's no joy in it. You miss the point. Then it becomes a work. Oh, I'm doing this to earn something, whether you think it to it, you think about it or not. And that's where keeping close proximity to who Jesus is on a daily basis will safeguard that. It will, it will, it will prevent that from becoming legalistic and something I'm required to do. And just like tithing, right, um, is what you're talking about. Jesus talked more about money than he mm -hmm. did heaven or hell. There's more verses biblically from the words of Jesus talking about money than heaven and hell, which means where's the motive in the heart? Where's your heart at? You know, it, it's an it's a heart of of is this something I'm just doing to do or required to do? Or is this I'm tithing because it's an expression? I've, I mean, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, right? I was yeah. all his resource initially. It all came from him. What are we doing with it? Are we going to trust God on a blessed 90% or, or, or whatever? But then you got to think of, which is a whole another caveat, is what's the tithe, right? The Bible yeah. says 10%. And that's also a principle that transcended the law. So for some people like, oh, the law, you know, tithing is the law. Okay. That is specifically talked about in the Levitical law and in the Torah, right? And God's commandments is to tithe and all these different things. And, but it was also a principle before that was ever written by Moses was Cain and Abel, right? What did they do? They brought the tithe, the first fruit to the house, right? Um, Cain and Abel, the story begins there, right? So the principles mm -hmm. transcended generation after generation after generation but how we serve and tithe and what we do that's a direct correlation between what the conviction of the holy spirit puts in you yes 10 percent, but you know you can tithe time talents and treasures right you know are you tithing time like are you for are you serving every week and you're faithful at whatever team you serve on is that considered a tithe or is it not you know all these things come into play so that's a whole um, that's a whole nother, whole nother podcast. You'd be talking about, um, the tithe, which is a, an ongoing conversation, but all yeah. those things, all those things are a fruit of the transformation from within period. And that's what we're talking about. These things aren't things that we're required to do in order to earn salvation. They are in a direct outflowing of the salvation that we receive. Then those fruit flow from it, the fruit, not the root. And, and I think um, tying into this faith without works is dead concept. I was having a conversation, <clears throat> excuse me, with my, um, our safety team coordinator and um, the other team lead specifically about, cause I like had, I was like kind of joking around and I was all like, Oh, you crazy church people and blah, 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 or whatever. And um, you know, cause we were just talking and it was like, it was just a joke. And then um the coordinator dude, Steve, he goes, us crazy church people always stick together when we follow Jesus. I'd encourage you to have Matthew 419 on your mind. The more we submit to Jesus, the more effect we become as fishers of men for him. Mm. Yep. <clears throat> so for me, what I've, I, you know, and I've brought this up several times, um, made the point to actively change my behavior. Um, yep. And I brought that up in a little meeting that we had when he told us that he wanted us to be the team leads for the safety ministry. Yep. And, um, and I said, I figured that if other men see how I've changed, it will help them 
kind of be able to change in that way as well. Yep. Um, and the other guy, Matt, he goes, you're dead on. Most of the people I've seen come to the Lord through observation of Christians who try to live a godly life or who change as God works in them. And there's mm -hmm. a place for sure for people who go out and spread the gospel, but he finds it's often more just doing our best to be Christ-like and giving that and, you know, being that example changes people heart, changes people's hearts towards Christ. Yep. hundred percent. And that I think also can be referred to as a fruit and be fishers yeah. of men. And that kind of all kind of ties together with mm -hmm. the, you know, the faith, faith without works is dead because if you, and, yep. the, and the whole purpose of this, I don't know what the exact um, verse is. I'll find it. It's Matthew something. I'm sure. Or no, it's not Matthew. Peter, I believe me. I don't know, man. That's why I'm looking it up. Dang. <laughs> um, James. James. So mine is a different version. It doesn't say faith without faith without works. Is it James two eighteen? Uh, hmm. So it says now someone James may argue two twenty six two twenty six. But that whole context of you know fourteen to twenty six is that whole thought. Oh yeah, fourteen. So I have it highlighted already. <laughs> <laughs> See my boy. So it says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show your actions, can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does it do? So this is the NLT. It's a different version yep. than people probably are used to reading, but this is like the, I think this one kind of relates to me more because it's, it's more like a common. It's yeah. Common talk. language. Yeah. And, um, so it's just like, like cussing, right? A cussing is, mm -hmm. is a, is a big thing for me. I've been trying to not do it so much. And if someone's like, you're a Christian, but you say you drop the F bomb like all the time. Right. So not that yep. that in itself is a thing, but if I'm actively trying to be a better person and be more Christ-like and I'm still dropping F-bombs every other day and every other word kind of a thing. Yeah. Am I really like, am I really trying to be a better Christian if I'm not? A hundred percent. How good of a witness are you? So that yeah. it comes down to how well am I representing Jesus? Like, exactly. You know, and that's what it goes back to like what you're saying, even like with the cussing, which, you know, I am also trying to uh, get better at. I fail miserably often. So, less sanctification progressively um which i'm already sanctified don't that's one right there um how well do i i mean even so i had a conversation um like when my dad was still around years and years and years and years ago um was like he was arguing about like well, you know smoking cigarettes is you know what i just do and another one of the dudes um was like well that's not a good you know it's neither here nor there you know, is it harming your physical body? Yes. Is it causing you issues to the temple of God? Yes. Um, but how well does that show as an example of the witness you want to display with Christ and about Christ? And that has always kind of stuck with me is um, how well of a witness, how well are we witnessing to the person of Jesus if we're not looking like him? 
You know, mm -hmm. I want to be, I want to live my life in such a way that people label me, oh, he's a Christian. He's a Christ follower. He's a follower of Jesus. Not, not because I go around saying I'm Christian. It's this dude's life looks like Jesus. How he speaks is gracefully and boldly and profound. Not because I want to, you know, puff myself up with pride, but because I want to die so much to myself that Jesus flows through it and through me and into people and to live in such a way that people see Christ in me as, you know, they call it as a, uh, a tablet of written on flesh, right? Like my, my heart is so filled with the word of God that then people read. It's like reading the tablets of scripture in my life. And, you know, the, the saying that I used to say all the time is, um, is people don't want to hear a sermon. They want to see it. And people aren't going to listen to what you have to say about how much God loves them until they themselves know how much you love them. Yeah. Um, that's Look at how Jesus came to earth, dude. He came in relationship and earned the right to speak life. Us as a church. Whoa. Okay. Whoops. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Us as a church have taken the stance of the 1950s and unequivocally just want to teach and speak without ever earning the right to speak into someone's life. You need to do this and do this and do this. That's straight yeah. out of the 50s. That's not how this is supposed to be. And with Jesus, that's not how it intended to be. I want to be in relationship with people that they see the Christ in me, which then allows the conversations for Christ to flow through into them. In, to affect life change in them eternally, not anything other than that. But it all comes with earning the right to be able to speak life into someone instead of yeah. going out of the way. Because if you don't earn that right and you try to speak life into someone, you're going to turn them away. You're going to be a hypocrite. You're going to, I never asked you, why are you, screw you, you know, piss off. That was, that was my attitude. How many mm -hmm. people love Jesus that was surrounded by me, but I didn't want to hear anything to do with them because they were telling me what to do without getting in the trenches and loving me. Although there are some caveat that did try to get in the trench with me and I just had giant middle fingers up. Um, my wife over here behind the screen, my beautiful bride, just nodding her head like a bobblehead over there. Um, but there were people there, but. I had to get to a place where I was willing to hear the spirit and I want to live in such a way that I'm sowing seeds by just encountering people. You know, the salvation has worked its way into me and through me that the works just flow out and those works speak of the goodness of Christ. So the people who interact with me don't see me, but the Christ in me. Does that make sense? Yeah, I gotcha. Picking up what I'm laying down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get yeah. that. I, I know it's that. itchy. You know, even just like watching yours, bro. Like, you know, I it's kind of cool. Like, we we hang out in here like once a week. We text all the time back and forth. Um, but the frequency in which I'm watching Jesus work in your life is rad because I get to see the incremental changes that you don't get to see. Because you're you're doing your own thing day in, day out. But if you look at episode one and now episode mm -hmm. 30, 
you're a different dude. Yeah. The way you think is different. The way you speak is different. It's more taught. It's more learned. It's more spirit filled. It's more, that's this whole thing, bro, is, is the daily, the DV, the, 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 the daily pursuit of being more like Jesus today than you were yesterday, but not has yet arrived as into tomorrow. The right. daily pursuit of Jesus, man. The simplicity of it, dude. Complexly simple. But yeah. Yeah. It's dope. I Sweet. get to watch it, man. That's cool. I like it. I appreciate it. Yeah, bro. Okay. So, so I'm gonna switch to this one. Ooh. If God knows what will happen, what is the importance of prayer? Hmm. So I don't know. <laughs> okay. So just just <clears throat> just as the uh, disclaimer here, this is the que- one of the questions that they answered on the podcast where one of the people is a pastor. So um, <laughs> who's educated in the scriptures? Yeah. So I don't know um, what the purpose of what the answer to this would even be. Mm-hmm. But I think it's something that um, you may know. Well, I have some I- ideas that are in my own head about this. Um, it goes back down to, and this is the school of thought, right? So you have like a Calvinist or a hyper-Calvinist, which is like predestination. Like God's ordained everything and you're predestined to fulfill this, 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 and this and do this, okay? Where there's no deviation, which like, you know, Fewer many are called, fewer chosen. That's where uh, one of the backbone scriptures that they hang on to is is um, you know, God's chosen me to do this, so you know I can't. The only way I can deviate from that is willfully walking away from Jesus. But even they say, you know, God's ordained the ones that He's going to save, and then those who aren't, that sucks to suck. Which I don't believe, and which I don't think is is one hundred percent scriptural, because God gave us free will. Okay, if He mm-hmm. allowed us to just be a bunch of mindless robots and fulfill the will that God set out, because His will is that none shall perish and all will be saved, right? Um, but free will allows us the ability to not put our faith and trust in love in Christ, and to do what we want to do. The whole crux of the satanic Bible is do what thou wilt. Do whatever you want to do, however you want to do it, whenever you want to. Screw everybody else. What feels good to me? Um, and that's free will. I've chosen to make myself and idolize myself and what I, my wants and wishes and desires greater than, than, than Jesus and Christ, right? Than God. So for me, I believe that um, we have the ability to affect what's working its way out in our world, right? So if that's the case, if God knows what's going to happen, what if I never prayed for my brother um, to, exp- I mean, there was one night, dude, okay, I I was all strung, you know, I was all strung out in the rave scene, partying all the time. I overdosed, radically got saved. And then he, my brother kind of took up that spot in the scene and just kept on going. Um, Mm -hmm. There was one night specifically, I prayed him home. I was like, uh, and I was claiming scripture and I was declaring that, you know, God would, you know, he would bring my brother home. He wouldn't let the hands of the enemy like befall him, come against him. And I prayed him home, dude. And I, he, and it was just random. It was like right before midnight. It was like 1150. He rolls on the door, just, just 
mad as a bull. He was pissed off. He was like throwing stuff around, dropping all this stuff. Screw you, blah, 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 all the things. And like, that was the one time I was like crying. Like there was like tear stains in my Bible because I was believing and praying scripture. Um, and I feel like if we as, as men and women of faith don't pray, then the course of free will and other people's free will works its way out regardless. Okay. We are commissioned with the, it says, it says to pray. I mean, look at, look at, look at, goof. look at what, you know, even in the Lord's prayer, it says heaven on earth, you know, in heaven as on earth as it is in heaven. Right. Yeah. If Jesus said, this is how you should pray. If he's, if Jesus himself is outlining how to pray, there's a commission to pray. And for me, it's not because it's, it's something that's required. It, how insane though. Okay. Little bit of backstory in history. Okay. There was only one person that was allowed the, 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 the high priest to go into the Holy of Holies, the most sacred place in the temple. Okay. So you had the outer courts, then you had the, like you had the, the holy place, right? The temple. And then you had the most holy, the, 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 um, the holy of holies, like the, the most, there was only one person and the person that could go in there all had to do all the sacrifices and all this. And he would petition the petition God for you. Okay. When Jesus died, when Jesus died and that, so what separated the holy place from the holy of holies was a veil. Okay. When it said mm -hmm. when Jesus died and the sky went black and the earthquake shook and the veil tore from the top to the bottom and smoke filled the altar. The significance of that is there's no more separation. I can come boldly before the throne of grace through the grace and the mercies and the forgiveness of Jesus. Why would that be illustrated if their privilege of prayer wasn't on the table? Okay, that is a form of act, surrender, and worship to my God as I get to come in prayer and spend time with him and get to hear his voice with no mediator, with no person that I have to go through other than Jesus. Jesus' blood allows me, the righteousness, to come boldly before the throne of grace and make my petitions known. So to go back to if, Jesus, if God already knows what's going to happen, what's the importance of prayer? We have the ability to affect the physical environment of our family, of our church, of our home, of our workplace, our community, our city, our state, our country through prayer. And if we're unwilling to pray because God knows everything, that's like saying, what's the point of voting in an election? Because, you know, it's going to work its way out. Our responsibility is to pray and to pray without ceasing, the Bible says. And everything through prayer and supplication makes your request be known. Those things are important because we, through prayer and the power that's within us, right? It's no junior Holy Spirit, man. If you believe Jesus is risen and he's your Savior, the Lord of your life, you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the same Spirit Christ rose people from the dead. He mm -hmm. healed the sick. He cast out demons. He raised the dead, man. Like, that's the same spirit that dwells in me. It's not that, oh, that was for Jesus's time. No, 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 no. He says, you're going to do these things and more. And if we're not praying and getting to know that, why would he commission us to do these things and more? He's just going to yeah. let the demon possessed man and the, that walks around the graveyard just, you know, that's suffering from a legion of demons, like just walk around. 
No, Jesus was like, yeah, come out of him and go into the swine. And they ran off the cliff, right? Like Jesus said, that's what we're supposed to do is to, is to, is to affect the physical. It says on earth here as it is in heaven. And the only way that happens is through faith and prayer. We need to do it because if, you know, God knows what happens, his desire is to all, all that, you know, every single person that has breath in their lungs, past, present, and future to be saved. And if we're unwilling to put the time in praying ourselves up as to be an example to those people of who that mercy of the, who the mercy and forgiveness and faith and grace is, then we've missed the point. We're a clinging symbol, man. If we're not, if we're not rooted in love, it's like we've said that a couple times on the podcast. It's like holding the antidote to the to the to the virus that's killing the entire world, but hoarding it to yourself. Like how great of a darkness is that? That's what we yeah, do. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? It's pretty bad. It, it's bad. So I feel like the importance of prayer is we have the ability to bring heaven to earth in that moment. You know what I mean? So I don't know theologically um, where you where I don't I don't speak the theologian, but, you know, mm -hmm. I, I have logic and some understanding of the Bible. So my wife looked at me a little bit ago like, oh, that's a good question. Oh, snap. OK, I know I did steal it. I mean, in all fairness, I did steal it from another Christian podcast. So hey, <clears throat> I can't take any credit says, for it. There's nothing new under the sun, though. Where did they take hey, it? Man. You know what I mean? Someone asked the question on theirs. So. I know it's fine, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, that's a good question. It goes right yeah, into I, the, this next one, bro. You gonna put that I one up, dude? This or can you see it? Yeah. Well, Are you? am I am I guy? Hey, he says lying straight in, or is it okay depending on the situation? Mm. That's a gray area, my friend. So the commandment says what? Thou shalt not lie, right? Um, I think it's more like thou shalt not bear false witness. Yes. Yeah. Or something. What is that? That's in, is it Gen is that Genesis or Leviticus? Hold on. Jeez. I should know this. So yeah. <clears throat> thou shall. Let's see. It's Leviticus, I think. Let's see here. It says, Thou shalt not have any gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee a graven image. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Uh, honor your father and your mother. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor. Against your neighbor. That's the, that's Honestly, the additional yeah. part. So also, I think the other part that we can do is, I want to bring this up as well, because this is another thing. Oh, because um, the shalt. There's also in Proverbs 6, it's talking about um, the seven deadly sins that God hates is a lying tongue. The lying tongue. Yep, a lying tongue. So Proverbs 6, 16 and 17. 
So what so when I was listening to this other podcast, the the no what did I say it was? Without doubt. Uh no yeah, without doubt podcast. No doubt is a band. So without yep. doubt is the podcast. <laughs> and what they were talking about is specifically oh man, what did they say? Good grief. Thou shall not lie. Okay, so they compared to um Rahab. Mm-hmm. Right? Rahab was the prostitute in Jericho, not Jericho. In in she... that's in Leviticus. Yeah, Jericho. Yeah, but that's in Exodus. Is it Jericho? Yeah, Rahab, Rahab was... was the prostitute in Jericho when the two Israel Israeli spies went in and uh, it's going to be this isn't verbatim obviously but essentially what happened was that the two spies went into Jericho she found out who or where they were <clears throat> and she lied to protect them mm-hmm. so when the Isra- when the Israelite Israelites when the Israelites went into Jericho their command was to kill everyone except for Rahab and yeah. some others that were with her because she lied to keep the two spies. I don't know if that's two, but I'm just going to say two. Yeah, the spies. To keep the yeah. spies safe, right? So in that instance, the lie wasn't like, yeah, you know, it was fine, you know, because she, it, so that's, that goes to kind of thing. Okay. So what are we doing? Like, where is it when the lie is an actual sin? If we're yeah. going to protect someone, so like the same thing goes for like um, for the the family that was hiding Anne Frank in World War II. Yep. Right. Do you have any yep. Jews in your house? Nope. Sure don't. Or like the Underground Railroad, right? When yep. the slaves were trying to exp- uh, I, I don't know if that's probably it's that's what it was the slave thing they were trying to get away, mm-hmm. and people who were a part of the Underground Railroad they were like basically trafficking the slaves out of this yep. zone. I don't know if that zone has a specific name, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, that's the same thing. Uh, the they were side. doing it for that rip for that specific reason, right? So I think, you know, I think there's a a time and a place. Yeah. Depending on, and and depending on your conscience, like what is your conscience telling you about how to do a thing? And I think that that's really important. I think, or, yeah, conscience saved, also 100%. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, once your conscience is, once you're saved, I think your conscience has a really big part of your, I don't know, like your something. Like it's, it's a big part of it. So if you know, like if I'm, if I'm saying, oh man, something, like I am not going to do something because of, you know, I'm not going to go to a party because I don't feel good or mm-hmm. I don't really, I don't really feel bad. I just, I'm just saying that I'm not going to, if, if, if my conscience ultimately is telling me like, man, like, yeah, it's kind of a jerk move, man. Like you should just, 
tell them the truth or just go or whatever. So in my, mm -hmm. in my mind, cause that, that's one of the things that stuck, stood out in that podcast was if your conscience is kind of holding you down like that, like if you feel, I don't know what the term would be, but if you feel like your conscience is telling you like, dude, if you're feeling convicted about it, that thing, that's the word. Yeah. The conviction. I mean, so a lot of times the conscience and the Holy spirit, are synonymous right they are not synonymous but they they are in conjunction with so obviously the holy spirit is the one that leads to conviction and to um but they also says you know a clean conscience is greater than great riches right like having a like allowing the holy spirit to, to clear your conscience and to be the mm -hmm. one that's guiding conviction and also like what you're saying is if you're feeling convicted about it and you do it anyway, then you've crossed the threshold of, uh, of going against the conviction of the Holy spirit that they've placed in you. Yeah. And if is the intention of lying malicious to save your own rear end at the expense of somebody else? Um, right. Or is, are you lying to preserve life? Like in the, the context of Anne Frank and Harriet Tubman and all the, the associated yeah. things. And um the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And that's going to be like one of those, we can argue back and forth all day long to and fro, just like, you know, Calvinism, hyper-Calvinism, predestination, free will, all this stuff. We're arguing over, over specks of stuff that doesn't, that doesn't actually matter in the scope of, of salvation to the lost, right? We're arguing about theological conversations and topics in scripture. That doesn't negate the mission, Okay. So um, Damon Thompson one time, uh, years and years and years ago, um, he had the analogy of you guys are, are, you know, have you ever seen a big pile of chicken mess? And on the very top of the chicken mess is the light, the white little speck on top. Y'all are arguing <laughs> over theological conversations. That's the white speck on the top of chicken mess. It doesn't like you're arguing over stuff that doesn't matter. Our mission with the faith and love and, and submission to Jesus is for it to be an example of Jesus here on earth. And um, in that context of is lying a straight sin or is it okay, depending on the situation, really the, what the final say is what is the Holy spirit convicting you of? And are you obedient to the conviction or are you disobedient? Cause then in mm -hmm. which lies are you, are you listening or are you disobeying? Are you obeying or disobeying yeah. conviction, a direct conviction between the Holy Spirit, which is God's be in us, right? Is God, are you listening to the God in us or are you not? Are you listening to yourself and you want to do what you want to do for your own selfish gain? And that and, and becomes the sin. Are you listening to the conviction? Are you obedient to conviction? Yes or no. And that answer is whether yes or no to the, is that sin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I think that's a very important differentiation between the two. Like if you are feeling like convicted about it, then it's probably not. <laughs> you're in the wrong good. side of the, <laughs> you're on the wrong side of the ship on that one. But I think that there are definitely some situations, even, even in today's world that are probably like, you know, you know, justifiable in the eyes of God, it's like, Hey man, like, you know, there's, I'm sure there's very few, but there are, there are some, you know, mm -hmm. like, let's say you're trying to like a, an undercover cop who's trying to catch like a child trafficker or something like that. Right. Yeah. That's obviously an extreme example, but they're not going to be like, 
they're not gonna, you know, the, the guy's not gonna be like, "Hey, dude, you should have just told him who you were," because <laughs> yeah, you know, that's not that's not realistic. You know what I mean? So, and I, yep. I definitely think that that's a good. It's it's there's really no gray when you go into it a little bit more in depth like that. When you're when the frame of reference is personal conviction, not not personal justification for terrible actions. Okay, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the nudging of this of the spirit, oftentimes through your your conscience. Are you listening to that? Because then that takes away the gray completely. Are you obedient to your conviction or are you not? Period. The simplicity of that is what it is, is exactly what you're saying. There's no gray when when looking at that through the lens of how are you interacting in your own level of conviction to those things? Yeah. Are you listening or are you not? Because if you're not, then that's disobedience. Oh, Legit. Liam is a, he's at Paw Patrol live right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, he's cheesing, bro. He's excited. That's awesome. There you go. He's in the VIP section. Look how happy this guy looks, bro. <laughs> He's cheesing, bro. Oh, that's funny. Side note. Sorry. ADHD. But yeah, dude, that's it, man. Like, And I feel like if you can't delineate between conviction and no conviction, I would challenge you on spending more time in prayer and worship and asking God, Lord, let me hear your Holy Spirit. Tune into the, my, the frequency of my ears to hear the nudging of you, Holy Spirit, in such a way that I can definitively say without an, a, a shadow of a doubt, Lord, I am, I am being obedient to the convictions and the nudgings and the speaking of you, period. And mm-hmm. that all comes from you're not, you don't have it because you are not asking for it. And yes, there's sacrifice in that. And there's now it takes intentionality and there takes, you know, getting on your face and praying. But just like we had talked about before, the little changes over time, before you know it, you can be like, man, I was driving down the road and the Holy Spirit said, oh, stop and talk to this guy. Or, you know, oh, you see a dude on the side of the road. Oh, stop over there. And it opens up, um, and, you know, it opens up a conversation and being obedient to that, man, that is where this whole thing is. Um is 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 going dude is um you know being obedient to the point of allowing the holy spirit to work through you as like water flows you know i mean there's been even times where i was um was praying and you know i was saying um saying specific things that I had never known about this student in such a way that I like, it was the Holy spirit reading his mail. Like he couldn't argue with me because the Holy spirit told me to say certain things that only him and God knew. And his face went white as a ghost. Like, how did you know that? Oh, dang. Um, and it was, and it wasn't because of me. I don't even remember what I said. I don't remember how i don't remember when or what it was like just and i and i thank god for that because it doesn't puff me up like oh yeah i said this this and this as soon as like i mean sometimes even when i get ranting and rolling over here on the podcast you know man is like oh dude that was awesome what was that last thing you said i don't know it's gone it's no idea somewhere no idea couldn't tell you 
could not tell you. And that like, that's cool with me. I don't need to, I don't need to know because it's not for my own edification. It's for the person I'm talking to. And that's the Mm -hmm. challenge, man, is being so dead to yourself that the Holy spirit speaks through you and flows through you in such a way that you offer the touch of eternity at every conversation. You know what I mean? Being such a vessel and conduit for the Holy spirit that people feel a difference about the way you speak and the way you are, and you bring peace into a room and the Holy spirit goes before you as you enter places and it changes the physical atmosphere because, because Holy spirit is awesome like that. So listen to your convictions y'all and pray and get to know the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking, and it's be awesome. Because then you, before you know it, you're like, dude, the atmosphere of my home is different. How the yeah. atmosphere of, of, of my workplace, the atmosphere is of everything is different. And that difference makes everything. Before you know it, your wife's like, dude, that's amazing. How, this is, you're so different. How you interact, how you speak, what you do, all these different things. Man, it's just incredible. It's incredible. Slowly, slow changes over time equal dramatic differences weeks and months and years later. Weeks Perfect. and months and years later. All of it, dude. It all run, run congruently, consecutively. <clears throat> it all flows with each other. Yeah. And um, so I, I, I want to just kind of say thank you for always being here. Yeah, man. It's a privilege, bro. In here. Just because like it's there's a lot of stuff that I need to bounce off of people and you're kind of the only one that I really can bounce it off. I mean, I have my pastor's number and some other dudes on the safety team that I talk to pretty regularly. <clears throat> but I think like you're more just because I've known you for a longer time, yeah. you know, like where I came from and yep. where I'm at currently. And um, yeah, so, you know, so we did a have group. a uh, go ahead. No, no, you go. No, I was going to switch to a different subject. Oh. No, it's just a privilege, like having those people in your life, right? That um, Paul, a Timothy and a Barnabas, one that's pouring into you, one that you're pouring into and someone you're walking life with. Everyone Mm -hmm. needs those. Um, But you need someone to do life with, which is what Jesus came to do is is to be in relationship. And there was no design of lone wolf Christianity where you're just solo shot. You don't have community because we're we're communal beings. And when we're struggling, the person to my right isn't, and they're going to hold me up. And when they're struggling, I'm going to hold them up. That's the way God designed it. So it's yeah. an honor to do that and be that for you and to, to answer crazy text. Usually my, my responding to, to late text messages is slightly different now that, I, that I'm at work at four in the morning. But, you know, you always know you can text me bright early. Sometimes it's like 530 in the morning and you're like, hey, bro, I think about this. You know, and that's what's happening, bro. It's awesome. Oh, you have to be at work at four now? Between four and six, yeah. It's a big window. Yeah. Like tomorrow, I'll be, I'll be there at four. Four in the morning. Ew. Yeah, it's gross. Ew. Well, I was going to say, um, probably, well, I'll, te- I'll text you because okay. it's probably not something just in case they're listening to this. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to dime them out. All right. That sounds good. Goofy thing. Okay. But let's, uh, let's see if we can get this um, thing kind of rolling. uh okay there we go sweet so do you want to we can we can be done yeah let's do it man let's pray out (laughs) 
Let's do it. You praying or me praying? What are we doing? Um, why don't you do it? Because then I can cue the outro music once. Sounds it good gets... to me. Sounds <laughs> good. Uh, Jesus, we just thank you, Father, for the privilege and the honor that it is to know and hear your voice, Lord. So God, I pray, God, that you, every person that listens to this podcast, Lord, that you speak to them in a new way. Lord, you open our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, and our eyes to discern um, all that you are around us. You're speaking to us. You're speaking through us and in us. And Lord, I pray that we grasp a hold of every ounce of, of your voice of revelation, of wisdom, of understanding, Lord. In Proverbs, it says to seek wisdom, Lord, and we're seeking wisdom and understanding. And what a privilege it is, Lord, that when we ask you here, and Lord, I pray that you teach us, you mold us, you shape us, you grow us into the men and women that we're called to be. There's a representative and vessel of who you are here on earth. Lord, as we pray, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven, and we just honor you, we submit all the glory back to you, for yours is the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Jeez, amen. Holy moly, amen. Dude. Hey, so and and um, for everyone who's listening, please review and and or share, yeah, this um, podcast. That way we can just like we want to get it out to more people and stuff. Yep. Um, and this I'm gonna try to get this episode on YouTube. So if you're listening and you want to watch, yeah. you can go on YouTube, and then I'll link the podcast in there and vice versa. Be awesome. Whatever. Um, it's I decided cool. not to play the outro music in the middle of the prayer. I'm gonna do that. In the editing aspect because i don't want to mess you up oh perfect hear it so i'll do that when i edit it afterwards <laughs> and um yeah so if there is um anything that anyone has questions about if you want to submit questions to us you can go to the guy yep. guns and family podcast at gmail.com or you can go on instagram at god guns and family podcast and add uh, a question submit a question yep. through the dms slide into our dms slide into like. dms yeah um comment on there whatever whatever feel whatever floats your boat yeah um and then i guess like on youtube i guess you can comment on the bottom yeah there's something that you want to bring up and then maybe next time we'll figure out how to live stream this on youtube and then all all forms who are who are on who are subscribed to the youtube channel will (laughs) will be able to to get more bro it's gonna be awesome yeah that's awesome yes sir All right, everyone. Nathan, thank you, sir. Yes, sir. And um, everyone, thanks for listening. Um, We'll talk to you guys next time. God bless. Peace out.